Thank you, Roy, uh, and to the board and the staff and and all of you. First service people were were incredible, and so I'm very humbled, very honored to be here, very excited. I believe God's in this. God is upon you. You know, you just have an incredible board. Just immediately, Lord, I've already met with them, and the Lord was on them. The presence of the Lord was there, and your staff, we met with them uh, last night, and uh, they fed us good pizza and apple pie and ice cream, and, and so, so it was a great time. They, they got, you got an awesome staff. Amen. Amen, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. And I've known, your, I've known your former pastor, Pastor Phil, for the whole time I was in Lawton. Um, we, ha- we, have, we have a good connection. Not only are we uh, spiritually brothers in the Lord, but, but I, we are both Brother McQueen's boys, okay? Because I grew up in Lawton First Assembly, and Pastor McQueen pastored there. He pastored there way back in the 40s when my mother was single and worked for him like an associate was gone 10 years, came back for 10 years when I was in junior high, high school, two years of college, uh, 1973, he uh, resigned with heart trouble, didn't think he'd ever pastor again, uh, but in 1975, two years after resting and the Lord touching him, he came here to be your pastor for 10 years, and, and uh, uh, Sister McQueen right here on the front yard, I love your heart, you are, you are the most gracious lady. I was 19, and God was getting a hold of my life, calling me to ministry. And, she, and, and Sister McQueen, you taught the college and career class, and I was in there like a sponge, just absorbing the Word of God. What a blessing. And, and so, so when I was at Bible College and Central Bible College in Springfield, of course, I've passed this church a million times, it seems like, coming down I-44. Both of our kids went to Evangel, and that was eight years, and all the other trips up there. But... but my mom kept in touch with him. Back then, you wrote letters, postal mail. and better remember that? And, and uh, uh, my mom wrote me a letter, and she said, Brother McQueen is pastoring again at Carbondale uh, in Tulsa. And, and that was in 75, so I was my spring semester uh, of being a junior, and then I had one more year senior. So those next three semesters, I'd come down the highway, couldn't, couldn't announce ahead of time, that I was coming. I didn't have a phone or any way to get a hold of them, but they lived right over here in the parsonage. So I just pull off the highway and I come, knocked on the door, Sister McQueen comes up. And now she's got permission to call me this, but nobody else, okay? <laughs> People that knew me back when, when I was a kid, called me Donnie, okay? So she said, Donnie, come on in. And, and like my spiritual parents, you know, sat down and just, just they poured into my life and mentored me. And of course, I, I studied Brother McQueen what a prince, right? I mean, every move he made, everything he did, uh, you know, was just a model, a mentor of what a pastor should be. And, and if I just got a, a little part of that, then, then, then it would be, I knew it would be a great thing. So, so anyway, glad to be here. Part of the Legacy Transition Group endorsed by our general superintendent, Brother Doug Clay, and the executive presbytery, and your, uh, our district superintendent, Daryl Wooten, and this is a new ministry just getting launched, you know, th- this year. And so, so, so many churches like your church going through transition. And this is such a great church. You've got a great reputation in Oklahoma, if you don't know it. Uh, people, people know about this church, and you're a good church, a great church, healthy church. 
And, and so, yes, I pastored in Lawton. When I left Lawton at 20 years old to go to Bible college, I said, I'll never go back to Lawton. How many have ever told God you'll never do something? And then 18 years later, I go back to Lawton for 32 years. I'm there till last August, and then we moved to Waxahachie. Now, I'm a Sooner, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm an Okie all the way. But I got grandkids down in the Dallas area, so that's the reason we moved down there. And, and so we got two, two married kids and seven grandkids. The grandkids is God's reward for not killing your own. And, and so, so they're, they're wonderful, aren't they? I mean, God should have skipped the kids and just given his grandkids first. So I'm, I'm preaching now. Someone's getting, getting blessed. Uh, my wife, Linda, and I just celebrated 47th anniversary, wedding anniversary. And uh, would you like to know how we met? On a blind date in a deaf church. That is the truth to a point. I was in Living Signs Choir at Central Bible College. We traveled and did, sang and did sign language. And I uh, forgot all the sign language now. Don't ask me to do it now. But, but, but uh, we went to First Assembly Deaf Church in Oklahoma City. And Linda grew up there. And she was there after going to Sagu a couple of years. She was finishing her degree uh, there. And so there was, there was a lady uh, from her church at CBC and her boyfriend in the choir. And she was the matchmaker. And she told Linda, you got to get to that service and meet this guy. And she said, sure. And she told me at school, you got to get, you got to be sure and, and meet, this, meet this girl. And so we laid eyes on each other. It was love at first sight, and it's been wonderful ever since, right? <laughs> I, had to kind of, I had to kind of win her heart over there a little bit. But uh, I'm going to be your transitional pastor. That means I'm going to be here every weekend. I'm going to come in on, on Saturday, go home on Monday, meet with the board, meet with the staff, and preach every week. And just, just I'm just going to, I'm a pastor, folks. That's all I've ever been. So I'm just going to love you, preach the word. We're going to look at, look at Jesus. We're not going to tread water. We're not going to sit in the corner and, and, and twiddle our thumbs. You've had, got a great legacy and a great history. We're going to honor that. God's doing something now, right? And God's got better things yet to come. How many believe the best is yet to come? Hallelujah. And so we're looking to the Lord, and I know you are. So I'm not electable. If I was younger, I would be, but I'm too old, okay? I'm not electable. I'm here for a purpose, to be a transition pastor and to pastor your board and staff and you on Sunday morning and, and to be your friend, and, and let's seek the Lord together, and let's find, let's find your next senior pastor. I'm going to believe God's already picked that person out. He's already preparing them, anointing them, but we got to go through a process. And so there's a step-by-step -step process that won't happen overnight. It'll take a little time to, to, to find the candidates, to, to vet them, uh, to, to, to check them out, to get the list narrowed down, to interview, and to eventually present one, the one candidate to you that the board will feel like uh, is, is, your, is your next uh, senior pastor. So we'll fill you in on more details as we go along, but uh, we're just here to have church and have a good time. Hallelujah. I want to preach a message out of Joshua chapter 1, so if you'll, if you'll open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. And when we get to Joshua chapter 1, we realize that the Israelites, they have been in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses has, and Aaron have just died. In fact, everyone 60 and over has passed away. 
except for Joshua and Caleb. They only had two in their seniors program. Everybody else is 59 and under. This is transition for them. They've been in the wilderness all this time. Look at all the kids that were born in the wilderness. They've heard the stories, but they've been in the wilderness. Now, now God's going to change their location. They're going to go to battle. There's the fear of the unknown. They're getting a new leader. Joshua himself is insecure. How would you like to follow the great Moses? That's quite an act to follow. God changes their, their diet. No more manna every morning. I mean, all these changes are taking place. Their, their shoes and clothes hadn't worn out for 40 years, but now it looks like that, that's going to change. Everything's changing. They're in transition. But God speaks a very clear word to Joshua and to the people. And he even repeats some things here very clear. Starting verse number 3, he said, he said, I promised you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I've given you. In verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Why do you think God's repeating himself? Because sometimes we don't get it the first time, right? <laughs> and because he's wanting to emphasize, because Joshua and the people, they're, they're, in a, they're in a point of a lot of fear and insecurity, not knowing what's going on and in this transition. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of the instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God speaking to Joshua and the people said, the antidote to your fear and your insecurity and your discouragement is the presence of the Lord. Right? And the people caught that because they came down in the last couple of verses there of that chapter and they looked at Joshua and said, Joshua, we will follow you as our new leader if we see the same presence of God that was on Moses on you. See, a different leader, but the same presence. You know, and you love Pastor Phil, and we all love Pastor Phil, but the presence of God on Pastor Phil, the presence on Pastor McQueen before that and before that, is the same presence is here today, and that presence is going to continue because it's the presence of the Lord, right? That's, that's the difference. I mean, God take away everything, but don't take away your presence. It's the glory of the Lord. The Shekinah glory came down in the temple. That's, that's what made it the house of God. We, we preached two Sundays just a few weeks ago at College Station. That's where Texas A&M is at. There's a church, an Assembly of God church there, seven years old, that's run mostly students. Revival is happening on that campus it is so fresh and exciting to see. And they bought a piece of land, but it only had a building to accommodate their children's ministry. 
they're in a tent worshiping God right now in 100 degree weather with fans and I was sweating and preaching and sweating and preaching how many appreciate the air conditioning today <laughs> but I'm telling you they were there and the same presence of God was there as is here because it's the presence of God that makes the difference not the building not the air conditioning not the programs the formality not anything else God give us more of your presence is anybody hungry in this house for the presence of God amen the presence of God and we get to chapter 3 and when 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 they're about to cross the flooded river Jordan, it was the ark that led the way. What was the ark? Symbolized what? The presence of God. And there was a big distance to put between the priest carrying the ark and the two to three million Israelites because God wanted everybody to see the presence, the ark, and to follow my presence. If you follow the presence of God, and what had God taught them? Even in the wilderness, he'd taught them. I'll lead you by a cloud of day and a fire by night. When the cloud moves, you move. When the cloud doesn't move, you sit still. But follow the presence of God. Follow the presence of the Lord. And, and, and so the, the very first point I'm wanting to emphasize is simply this, is that God wants us to get ready. Get ready. And how do we get ready? By becoming more sensitive to the presence of God. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and then come back and talk about the River Jordan. But after they crossed the River Jordan, before they went into Jericho, I want you to see this in chapter number 5. Chapter number 5 of Joshua in verse 13. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with sword in hand and Joshua went up to him and demanded are you friend or foe now some translations say are you with us or are you with them some say are you on our side or are you on their side and the man with the sword answered neither well that's quite an answer to a question isn't it have you ever asked God something and he gave you a confusing answer so that doesn't make any sense what are you what, what are you saying Lord well, Joshua, you had the wrong question. And then usually that's what happens to me. When, when I don't understand what God's saying, I'm asking the wrong question. And, and so he says, neither one. And then he says, I am the commander of the Lord's army. Now Joshua has a full revelation of who this is, and notice what he did now. At this, Joshua fell on his face to the ground in reverence and said, I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? There's the right question. What do you want your servant to do? On his face, humbling himself, praying, saying, what is your plan? What is your plan? I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm guilty of saying, God, I got it all figured out. Okay? I've got this beautiful plan. If you'll just do it this way, this way, and this way, everything will be wonderful. How many have lived long enough to be glad God didn't answer some of those prayers? Okay, because you couldn't see everything God can see. I mean, oh, God's got a good plan, a good destiny, okay? You can trust him even when you're going through a period of, of not understanding, not seeing everything, not knowing what's going on. You just keep on following the presence, and sooner or later, he'll make it clear. But we need to be in a position of being ready and prepared and surrendered and saying, God, I want your will, and nothing else will do. I don't want to be influenced by the world. I don't want to be influenced by my flesh or by somebody else. 
I want to follow your presence and I want to find every good thing you have for me. Your plan is the very best thing that can happen to me. It's the very best thing that can happen to all of you. So, so then this is familiar with the time of Moses, right? Because what happens next? The commander of the Lord's army replied to Joshua, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. Take off your shoes. Now, you know, they went through Israel. You know, these shoes, these shoes have lasted 40 years. Now, guys may be okay with that. When I married Linda, I had three pairs of shoes. Sunday morning and, you know, a pair of tennis shoes and another pair. And when I moved her in after our wedding, I never saw so many shoes in all my life. There's a pair of shoes for every dress. You know, her mom thought you get a new dress, you get a new... How many ladies are agreeing with me right now? You're, you're feeling the blessing, yeah? Yeah? So this may have been wonderful, but guys, but show me the lady that wants the same pair of shoes for 40 years, okay? Okay, that's just not going to happen. Anyway, jo Joshua's taking the... What happens when you take your shoes off and you're barefooted? Suddenly, I'm feeling things. I'm feeling carpet under my foot, right foot that I can't feel under my left foot. There's a new sensitivity God was trying to get across to Joshua. Joshua, before you can go take Jericho, I want you to be sensitive to my presence. You're standing on holy ground. I want you to feel. I want you to realize. You've been walking in these shoes in the wilderness, doing your own thing. It's time to get rid of the old shoes and the dust on those shoes from the wilderness, and it's time to feel the presence of God because I'm going to lead you in a way in fact, it tells us in Joshua 3, it says, God says to the people, you've never been this way before. You're going to have to learn how to follow my presence and trust me when it doesn't make sense, when nothing adds up. You're going to have to trust me, and you're going to have to look to me. And so it's time to get ready. Right now is a time for your board and your staff and all of us to get ready. We know a new senior pastor is being prepared, and he's getting ready, or she, or whoever it is. We know they're getting ready, okay? They're getting ready, and God is going to bring them to us, but we need to be ready. We need to be sensitive. We need to be following the presence of the Lord and sensitive to God's presence like never, never before. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And, and, and then that leads, us, that leads us to the second thing I want to share, and that's, that's we, we got to build on God's word. During a transition time, get ready by welcoming and following the presence of the Lord. But secondly, we got to build on God's word. Now, this is a great word, church. I mean, you've heard, you've heard enormous Bible teaching here every week from Pastor Phil and from the staff and the Bible classes you've got and the reading of the Word. Uh, I mean, the Word is so powerful just to read it out loud like Pastor Sarah did this morning. Is that not a powerful and anointed? Your life groups, and, and this is a Word church we got to stay in the Word, stay in the Bible. I mean, oh, there's a lot of confusing voices out there right now. And the devil's working overtime as the father of all liars. He, and father of all lies, he, he's lying, lying to us and deceiving us. This is truth. We've got to stay in the Word of God. Amen? Stay in the Word. Notice what it says in Joshua 1, 7, and 8. God says, but be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gives you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. 
study. Everybody say study. The book of the law and meditate. Say meditate. On it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will be prosperous and successful. Scripture is the key to your success. You must hear the word, read the word, study the word, memorize the word, meditate on the word, obey the word, and then you will do the word, and then your mindset will change. You'll have the mind of Christ, and you'll be able to prove what is God's perfect will. You're, you will have successful habits, and you'll have new behavior that's modeled after the Lord himself so that when you simply walk into a group of people, they notice that something's different about you, hallelujah. Your walk is different. Your talk is different. Your attitude is different. The presence of the Lord is upon you. I feel like preaching right now. Anybody, the Word of God. How many love the Word of God? With all your heart. And sometimes we need to stir that hunger up in our hearts and lives, right? Hallelujah, hallelujah. There was a, a, a fascinating study done by the American Bible Society several years ago that I copied down, and, and it's, it's, it speaks so loudly. They ask many Christians who regularly attend church, how often do you read the Bible? Well, many said once a week on Sunday. But in this group, they noticed that the divorce rate was the same as the world. Uh, volunteer to work was the same anywhere else. They did not tithe. They looked pretty much like people in the world. There wasn't much change. And then they looked at the group that said, we read the Bible twice a week. And there still wasn't much difference. They looked at the group that read the Bible three times a week. Now they're seeing a little bit of change. But when they got to the people four times a week, not five, six, or seven, but four, or four or more, but when they got to four times a week or more, the change was incredible. This group had almost a 0% divorce rate. They were 400% more likely to volunteer in church. 90% of this group were giving a 10% tithe or more because the Word of God was changing their lives. God's Word wants to change us and to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And it's not a book, a set of rules that we do from the outside in. It's the Word of God working the life of Christ from the inside out as we prepare ourselves and get ready and follow His presence and build our lives on the Word of God. That leads me to the third point, and that is step out in faith. There's going to be that time when you have to take that step of faith. Kind of scary sometimes, isn't it? Kind of risky, you know. But when, you're, when you've been following the presence of God and when you've been building the Word of God in your life, then the faith is there at the right moment. You take that step and you know that God is with you and He's ordering your steps. The life that God has planned for you, it has battles, it has blessings. You notice that we read there in verses 6, 7, and 9, three times God said, be strong and courageous because the Israelites were going to face seven nations, each one of them stronger with a trained army that Israel didn't have. And they were, they were a little, including Joshua, they were all a little frightened. And, and he knows he's going to spend his life in battles. And God wants us to be bold and confident, but we have to experience that from him, right? 
Verse 9 tells us there are two enemies that will try to keep us from fulfilling God's destiny in our life, and that's fear and discouragement. Fear and discouragement. Everyone here has been attacked by fear and discouragement. Fear will hold you back so that you don't ever take that first step. You don't ever get started. But once you get started, then the enemy will fight you with discouragement to try to get you to quit instead of finishing strong. If you quit, the devil wins. Let's not quit, church. Let's, let's get started. If you're not started, come on. What, what is God speaking to you? What's that step of faith that you need to, you need to get started? And then, and then if you're a little discouraged, just get back in the game and, and don't, don't give up now because we're that much closer. You see, the Israelites were afraid when they first came out of Egypt and they had an 11-day trip, maybe 14-day trip at the most, and they were fearful and they turned back in the wilderness for 40 years. At this time, God says, and and. and and now 40 years later, they're at the Jordan, and it's in flood stage. It's a mile wide in flood stage. And, and God says, I want you to step out in that water first. Joshua 3.15 is where it's recorded. As soon as the priest stepped in the water, the water stopped flowing and piled up. Now watch what the priest didn't know, because the only thing they have in their mind is the parting of the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea and they walked across. Did that take any faith at all? Just obedience. There wasn't any. They could see. They could see it. How many like, like it when it happens like that? It's just easy, right? Open it up. Okay, there it is. Walk across. It didn't take faith. But the Jordan is different. It doesn't part first. God speaks through Joshua to the priest, said, walk out there because the promise of God is where you place your foot, God's going to do it. And they stepped they stepped into the water. Now, the Bible says there that God stopped the water, but he didn't stop it there. Where did he stop it? Read, read the next verse. He stopped it 17 miles upstream at the city of Adam. They couldn't see that. They didn't know that. They didn't know what God was doing. They're standing in water, and it doesn't look like anything's happening. Have you ever been there where you're standing by faith, and nothing's happening, and God's saying, believe me, I've got this, and you can't see it, but God's working? God's working the night shift. God's working behind the curtains. You can't always see what God's doing, but he's doing something. He needs you to keep standing in faith. But those priests are standing there, and I'm sure they're having a conversation. I mean, they're human. They're, having, they're saying, why did Joshua ask us to do this? This is not the way it's supposed to work. And God's supposed to part the sea before we step in or as soon as we step, touch it, it's supposed to happen. What, what's going on here? You know, is jo Joshua really hearing from God? You know, I'm sure they had a little conversation and wondering what's happening. But the key is, though they didn't understand, they kept on standing. They didn't understand, but they kept on standing. And God did do it. Now, how long does it take for a flooded Jordan a mile wide for all that water to pass by? Well, it didn't happen that quick, so I don't know. But it took some time. They're standing there a while until all that water goes by and it dries out, and then they, then they march, march across as, the, as they're holding the ark representing the presence of God. And, and, and God is going to, he's going to take care of whatever Jordan River you're looking at. What is your Jordan River? Where do you need to step out in faith? What is it that's keeping you in the desert? Joshua was a man of conviction. He was, he was willing to do whatever was right, whether anybody else agreed with it or not. The name Joshua means what? Savior, 
deliverer. Several thousand years later, God told Mary to name her baby Joshua. Jesus is the Aramaic name of Joshua. They're the same name in different languages. And Jesus would be a deliverer and a savior. And the second Joshua doesn't want to take possession of a piece of land. He wants possession of your life. He wants to be your deliverer. He wants to be your guide in an uncertain future. He wants to, you to possess your destiny in God, which is a good plan. God told Joshua, my presence will enable you to reach my destiny as I have promised. How many are ready, ready to follow the presence of God wherever he leads? You want to get more sensitive to the presence of God? Oh, folks, I don't want to miss it now. Do you? We want to finish strong. We don't want to make a mistake here. We're going to wait on God, right? We're going to live in the book, the Bible, and build our lives on the Bible, regardless of what this crazy world's saying. Build your life on the Bible, and we're going to walk by faith and step out by faith as God leads, as God guides, and God's going to do the impossible. In fact, I told the staff last night that I believe in the coming weeks that God's going to lead us into a season of miracles. I'm going to preach some messages on miracles. And I want you to come believing and let your faith and expectation rise. And we're going to pray for the sick. And we're going, to, we're going to have church. And we're going to believe that God's going to bring an awakening and bring a revival and let his glory come down in the house. And Tulsa's going to be talking about what's going on over there at Carbondale. The fire of God and the glory of the Lord has descended. I'm hungry. Are you hungry? Are you ready? Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me and close your eyes. How many here today would say, Pastor Don, I'm not ready for heaven. I need to accept Jesus as my Savior. I need to put him first in my life. I've crowded him out of first, first place, and I need to make him Lord. Maybe you've been kind of cold-hearted and kind of drifted away and backslidden a little bit and haven't been as close to the Lord. You want to rededicate your life. You want to want to come back to the Lord. You recognize that portion that I shared there about Joshua standing on holy ground. You want to just, you just want to reverence yourself and say, Lord, I surrender everything to you. Everything to you. I'm going to embarrass you. I just want to see who I, who I can pray for today. If that's you today, whether it's first time salvation or rededication of your life to the Lord, putting him first. Let me see your hand. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Yes, there's a hand. There's a hand. How many others? There's a hand. How many others? How many others? Now, these that have raised a hand, I want you just to, I want you just to pray right there at your seat. Out of your heart, talk to the Lord and say something like I'm going to say. Just say, Jesus, I confess every sin. I confess you as my Savior and Lord, and I surrender my life to you. I'm making a decision today to follow you, to serve you. I love you with all of my heart, with all of my heart, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to contact one of the staff members as we leave today. Come down to the front and, 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 just, and just let them know that you made a decision for the Lord. They're here to encourage you and to help you. But how many of the rest of us would say one point of that message touched me? I want to get a little more sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord. I want to spend a little more time in the Word of God. 
I want to step out in faith, even though it doesn't make sense to my natural mind. I want to, I want to step out in faith when God's calling. And God's going to lead us individually, as families, and as a church family into this new season, a new season where God's going to do some awesome and wonderful things for His glory, for His glory. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everyone stand with me right now. I wonder if we could... If we could do this, as, as, as PJ leads us in this song, I know you're a people of the altar, and I saw some of you already come forward. And I want to, I'd like to invite everyone here. I know we may not all fit, but I'm just going to ask you to come. Is that okay? Just, just take a step. Even if you can't get all the way to the front, come on up here as we sing this, and let's end this service thanking the Lord for His presence on our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And without you, I fall apart. Yes. You're the one who guides Lord, I need you. I need you, Lord. Oh, I Come on, church, let's sing it to the Lord. I need you, Lord. today say I've got an impossible Jordan in front of me that God needs to part God needs to show me God needs to do a miracle for me let me see your hand hold it up high and sing it again and let's trust God as we sing it one more time hallelujah hallelujah Lord I need you
Can I pray over you right now? Father, for these wonderful people at Carbondale, in this season of transition that they're in, but Lord, you've not forgotten them. You've not abandoned them. Your presence is here. And you've got a good plan. You've got a good destiny. You're going to lead us, Lord. So, Lord, we're taking off our shoes right now because we've got to sense your spirit, Lord, and your presence. Cause us to be sensitive, Lord, to you and you alone. To long after your will and your plan, which is the very best thing that we can experience. Lord, we love your word and we pray, Lord, that you're, you would give us new revelation from the word of God to build our lives up so that we can be found confident and secure and bold in you. And Lord, as your presence leads us, we will walk with you. We will follow you. We will take that step of faith even when it doesn't make sense. And when the River Jordan seems to be raging, Lord, we're going to trust you. We're going to take that step of faith. We're going to give you the glory and the praise and the honor, Lord. Lord, we submit to you, we surrender to you, and we give you the praise. And we believe in the coming weeks, Lord, you're going to do some awesome miracles in this house, all for the glory of God, because you love us so much, and we love you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen. Have a great day and a great week, and I'll see you next Sunday, okay?